As you are aware, may be aware or not aware, we are sort of in this sermon series. We do these series, 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 and uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's we're trying to do this build, right? It's like a, we're getting towards something uh, as a as a collective thing. So uh, I encourage you once in a while check it out. Like if you miss something and. Um, it's a topic that's interesting to you. Uh, give it, give it a try. If you want to hear your voice. Yeah, if you want to hear, it's mostly Neil on there, but you know. Uh, you're having trouble falling asleep at night. Yes, that too. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's, uh, okay, so the series we're in right now, it's called uh, "Couldn't Move Mountains." It's this series we've been talking about, basically this idea. <clears throat> Jesus gives this passage, right? I'm going to read it right now. Um, we've used this for the last three weeks. This is from Mark 11. Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours, right? And so we've been talking about this strange formula that Jesus gives. Have faith, do not doubt, mountains into the sea, crazy things, impossible things can happen. Now, I think that uh, there's a great difficulty in that teaching. Uh, one is that it's hard to know if it's actually true, right? And there are many ways one could convince himself it is true uh, by saying, for example, oh, maybe my faith wasn't strong enough, or the mountain that I wanted to be moved uh, was moved. It, w it just wasn't the one that I thought, it just looked different. Like there are ways in which we can sort of make this passage uh, easily real in an argument. However, I think that's problematic for a lot of reasons. Uh, the second part about it is also, what does it mean to have faith without doubt? Right? Have faith, do not doubt, uh, which seems to me impossible, almost, uh, Maybe only Jesus alone could have a faith like that, you know. And so if that's the expectation on us for these things to happen, we're never going to get there. So I talked a little bit about that, the first sermon. Um, I talked a little bit about different types of faith that we might have. If you, most of you, I, I think most of you guys were out of town or something, but just a quick recap. There were three types of faith I talked about. One was an ecclesiastical faith, which is a faith that is... Uh, given by the church, it's historical, it's traditions and doctrines and creeds. It's when you basically sort of believe what people in authority in the church tell you to believe and you do what they tell you to do. Um, and it, it just sounds very mindless, but it actually can be a beautiful thing. I, I don't want to just crap on it, but that's one way. The what should we believe? I'll tell you at the end. The second, uh, the second type of faith was what I called a faith of just being a human being in the world, right? So. It's on the concept of uh, when people say something like, we all worship something, we all worship something, whether it's God, or money, or sex, or drugs, or basketball, or whatever it may be, right? As human beings, we can't help but to have something for which we worship. That is a kind of faith. Right? Uh, the third faith I talked about was a stranger one than the two. It's a very subjective faith. It's a very individual faith. It, shuns authority, it shuns the idea of like uh, we all just innately have it. It's a faith 
that's best exemplified by Kierkegaard in this term, the leap of faith, right? It's this moving into the absurd, believing in this impossible thing um, that's paradoxical and makes no sense, but somehow we make that leap anyway. So there are, those are the three types. Rich, my friend Rich, if, if, you were at, um, if you weren't at church last week, a friend of mine preached. He talked about how there's this idea often in Christianity that we have to have faith in God, but that there's a way to look at it where God actually has faith in us. And this is uh, God directing to us this grace, this love, this thing. So it's not by our, our own effort to wrestle something. I, you know, I think that's an interesting concept. I don't know if I totally agree with it. But, um, so this third one is sort of the last one. I want to sort of end it here, right? And the question that's permeated this whole thing is, can we actually move mountains? It's like how, how would a phrase, what's been in my mind uh, as I'm trying to figure this out, right? A lot of that is, I think, intellectually, philosophically, conceptually interesting to me, but there's also a real, a real world aspect of it, right? Like, it's not a coincidence that this came to me sort of at, at the time when Neil had his child and that child was born with uh, a lot of complications. Um, they were very worried for him. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how he's doing in a little bit, but that was, that's a moment like that, right? It, it brings to this, it brings to real life this idea like, I want this thing. How can I make this thing happen, right? Um, so, it's time for me to give you an answer to that question. Can we move, is it actually possible for us to have a faith that can move mountains? Um, I want to say <coughs> how much I regretted coming up with this sermon series this last week. Uh, as an as a in, intense struggle inside of myself to, to try to authentically answer a question like this. And um, the thing I could not escape from was that, that the answer to me had to be yes. That it had to be yes. That there was such a, it was a conviction inside of myself that if I didn't, if I couldn't say yes to that question, something was very wrong with, um, with my belief or my faith. <coughs> and I, so I want to say yes. Yes, I want to affirm that, proclaim that to some extent. That yes, I do believe that we, if we have faith, can make impossible things happen. Um, I think in some ways there's a very easy road to that answer. It's one in which we kind of picture God, uh, we remove elements of like superstition and magic and folklore and really uh, situate all of that religious spirituality just within ourselves. And so this is like, you know, the, the famous phrase, uh, the, the arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice, right? In this interpretation, we are the human beings who have to reach up and grab that thing and, and bend it. Right? We're the ones who are actually bending that arc. Right? Um, and so we all have seen things in our lives, and we've talked about this in this space, right? Where things that we really thought were impossible did actually become possible. Social movements, political movements, um, things in our own life, small victories here and there, we have seen things like that, right? So I think if you answer it that way, it's like, yeah, 
Yes, if we're faithful, mountains can move and impossible things can happen. I'm not satisfied with that answer though, right? I don't think that that uh, goes far enough because to me, a lot of that also says like, we in some ways are having faith in ourselves or we're having faith in institutions or we're having faith in political coalitions or whatever it may be. And to me, all these things, myself, most of all, we're, are, are fallible things. They're contingent things. They change, they fade, they die. They swerve off the path. They're imperfect. How can it be that I can have faith in that? I need to have faith in something which I can actually rely on. Right? So, um, this is my argument for sort of a God who does some of that bending with us. You know, it's not just on our own. I think the question that, that needs to be answered in order to understand why I want to say yes is the question of what is it that I'm asking us to have faith in? Right? What, are we, what are we actually supposed to have faith in? I want to say that I think we're being asked to have faith in a story. A story uh, it's a story that would say something about reality, right? Perhaps it's not a factual account of things. It's not a historical document, but a story, a story that reveals something really, really true about the world, even perhaps the most truest thing about the world. It's a story that, if it was actually factual, probably wouldn't be able to reveal it because we can't access those things, uh, perhaps without myths or metaphors. And so this is a story, again, of impossibility, right? I want to paint what, what I mean by uh, this story. So, to me, this is a story about uh, the impossibility of existence, um, of a creation of being out of nothing, right? It's a story of, a, of this force, this ground, as some people call it, a god, as we use that term, uh, who sort of, from God's self, that expression of life, uh, we, the world was birthed, the cosmos came into being. This story claims that this God, this force is not a neutral observer, um, but that it is a thing, a God that is intimately intertwined with the world. And most of all, that intimacy is expressed uh, amongst the least of us in the world, right? The oppressed, the enslaved, those in bondage, bondage of the limb, bondage of the soul. And that God, so much is intertwined in that, that this God in this story became a human being, became flesh in the most ultimate act of solidarity with us, to be with us, to show us what it is to love, to teach us how it is we're supposed to love. And not only that, but to also show us that that loving action is the most important thing that we can do in the world. And that story also says that, that God was rejected, executed, but even then, as, as many stories do, this has a sort of cheesy storybook ending, right? Uh, the story of that, the ending of this story is that 
there is a promise to us that death is not the end, um, that love will win, basically. So this story is an impossible story. It's an absurd story. Uh, isn't, even as I'm saying it, it sounds absurd to me. And my whole life has been a struggle with this, the absurdity of this story. Um, but out of thinking about it in that way is how I came to find my answer about this question of faith and impossible things. To me, what I've come to realize is that if we want to have faith to move mountains, what that actually is asking us to do is to have a faith that loves the world in an impossible way. To have faith that can change things is to love impossibly. To love something impossibly, and uh, I'm sorry, this is going to be a convoluted sentence. Uh, to love something impossibly is to love knowing that the impossible is not possible, but to love it as though it were. I'm going to say that one more time. To love something impossibly is to love knowing that the impossible is not possible, but to love it as though it were. I think that um, sort of I don't know if that makes sense to you. Uh, to me, it sort of is the only thing that makes sense in some ways. Right? So abstract thought, in some, in, in, if, you, if you allow it to be, but I also think it's a very real thought. It's a very close to home thought. It's a thought about uh, a loving a kid, right, who you don't know what they're going to be like when they grow up. And it's, it's impossible for you to make sure they're happy or guide them to the most successful life you want, but you still choose to love them despite that. Right. It's to fight for causes that we care about, uh, knowing full well that that work never ends and that defeats are always present, but that maybe it's possible that we can succeed. Again, back to that story, it's the possibility of loving until you die, basically, you know. And I think that along with what I just said about that, um, I want to add one more thing, which is that this faith, this type of love is really hard um, to the point of almost being impossible, right? And, you know, I talked about this in the first sermon, but Kierkegaard, like, had this whole thing, right? Like, he's like, I don't even, I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not a man of faith. I don't have this faith. I can talk about someone who has faith and sort of describe them to you. I don't actually really know many people who do this. His goal was to set a bar that was very high, you know. And I think that what is often lacking for uh, a lot of Christianity today, especially mainline or progressive or liberal Christianity, is the bar is a little too low. Right? It's a little too easy to get in. It's a little too easy for us to be like, yeah, we're, yeah, we have faith, we believe in this stuff. Like, to me, it only makes something worthwhile if we basically can't achieve it, you know, uh, and we have to keep trying. And so that means that that faith and that act of love that we are attempting in every moment is, again, it's a risky thing, it's a dangerous thing, um, it's an impossible thing.